Hey there, it's your fave host, Jade Downing. Whether you're driving to work, making dinner, or having your evening wine, I'm so glad you're here. So if you're ready to listen, I'm ready to talk woman to woman. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Women to Women podcast. I hope everybody's having a great Wednesday. Um, I'm actually recording this on a Friday. So by the time you guys hear this, of course, it'll be Wednesday. So happy Wednesday. Um, I decided to do a double take on a topic that was kind of already touched on, but I feel like needed to be it needed more than what it what it had like I needed to add the extra meat like that double layer of meat and like a burger so um, of course I brought back my girl Bianca so she's with me today so we can continue our discussion on being a biracial baddie and all the things that come with it (laughs) thank you for being with me Bianca yeah you're welcome I'm super excited to be back I really enjoyed it last time and like you said there's still just so many layers and so many other things to you know talk about or explore so I am pumped to be back honestly I'm glad you know I didn't expect so much like I don't know if you'd call it fallout but maybe like feedback from that episode like people who I didn't even consider biracial quote-unquote or that I would even think like oh we're biracial too we're like approaching me and asking for advice or telling me their stories and I'm just like interesting I've I guess because it's so to me I've only ever seen like two versions of being biracial which is black and white and black and hispanic I've never thought anything outside of that tunnel vision so it's like okay okay I can see it I I see where you're coming from okay we kind of we kind of we can mesh you know so I'm really excited to continue this because I feel like this will also benefit 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 all those people as well um so yeah well how is how are things going um since the last time we chatted for you oh man uh <laughs> so one of probably the the biggest things that people might notice I wanted to mention this in case anybody hears it so I actually got Invisalign oh. I got Invisalign so I kind of have like a small lisp type of deal sometimes so if you hear it that's why um but in that same vein I'm just doing a lot to really try to improve myself and grow in different ways and it's like my goal this year to be or start to become or feel like um like the the best version of myself like in different ways like I really want like a better smile better skin just better state of mind type of thing so this is like this has been Bianca under construction year for sure so I've just been doing a lot of growth things been doing a lot of reading reflecting um but yeah the summer's been really good and I'm hoping that the momentum that I've built up this year so far continues through like the end of the year but yeah things have been really good really good I love that for you I I totally get feeling like a like wanting to like better yourself or be like the best version of yourself you can be like in the season you're in type deal um which kind of I guess it like doesn't really correlate but it's what my mind is going to is like before we go on this call I was telling you how like you seem so put together and everything like your look is very effortless and I feel like I don't know if it's because I'm biracial or what but I feel like because of the hair that I have I can't do that so like 
right now my hair is like super just like in its natural state right like I didn't do anything it's like I'm on five day hair at this point like whatever so but I feel (laughs) like this is kind of how I show up to my work meetings as well and I always feel so unprofessional and maybe that's just like myself or like the programming I've had since I was younger. Like, no, straight hair looks very elegant and it's sleek. It's better. It looks professional, whatever. Whereas like right now I'm just in my natural state. So I'm like, this is literally, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm being as natural as can be. Like, I don't have any makeup on. I My hair is just curly and it's little fro-esque type thing that I got going on. And that's it. But I feel like I get on like a Zoom call for work and I see other people who like you know have their hair slicked back in a ponytail or a nice bun or they just like look so put together and I'm like I want that like just to be like my natural put together look if that makes sense no I totally get you my natural like put together put together quote-unquote look for work usually is like the low bun Mm-hmm. Um, like low bun, you slick it back, put it in the back like that, and then add mm-hmm. some earrings and bam, meeting ready or session ready. And it's so funny because I had a black professor in grad school and um, I noticed she would do the same thing. And I was like, I don't think I've really seen many different, I haven't really seen her wear many different hairstyles and I wonder why that is. And then I started, I got out of grad school and I started my own profession. And that's the exact same thing I do. Low bun all the time. That looks together, I guess. No, yeah. And so it's not a bun, it's a ponytail. Like I'll do the low puff in the back Mm -hmm. because I can't get my hair all in a bun. So I totally get that. I'm the same way. (laughs) But I feel it's so funny, though, that you say that, though, because whenever I do like work meetings, especially virtual, because most of the world is virtual right now. Um, I'll notice like when I do wear my hair down, I feel like I'm the most casual out of everybody there, mm-hmm. even though this is like, it's just my hair, it's just down, you know? Um, but I feel like I give off or am perceived more casually, if that makes any sense. And others around me, there was even a comment in, um, a meeting that I was in recently where someone was pointed out as professional and, you know, they had their hair done and all that. And I just kind of made me think like, hmm, I wonder how I'm perceived with my hair just like this, mm-hmm. just down, curls out, you know, nothing super crazy going on. I just wonder how I'm perceived. But um, I always feel that I look the most casual, I guess, which is strange because this is just natural. No, same. I mean, I don't feel like I look casual. I feel like I look messy, like, mm-hmm. which is so crappy because there are those days where I'm like okay let me let me kind of like pull myself together so I do like the middle part I slick down my hair as much as I can because unless it's like soaking wet I can't get it slicked down like I need it to be and then I just pull it back into like a back puff and call it a day and then like do my baby hairs or whatever and that but I just feel so like I'm uncomfortable because it's not comfortable to have it pulled back and everything and to have it stay down. I have to wrap it so tight, like with a hair tie. So I'm just like, this feels so unnatural to me. Like, and I immediately want to take it out as soon as I get done. Cause it's just uncomfortable, you know? So I don't know. I, I have been feeling like I need to, I'm getting the itch to straighten my hair and I'm trying really, really, really hard not to, cause I haven't straightened my hair in a hot minute so I'm like okay Jade you're doing really good 
like let's try as long as we can go but I'm like it would be so much easier just to like put in a claw clip and call it a day like I just it's not giving like Zendaya curly hair vibes you know what I mean it's very I have very puffy hair like and I don't even feel like that's a bad thing because some days I do love that my hair has so much volume I mean people tell me all the time like wow your hair is so nice you gotta get it out or like it's so big whatever I take it as a compliment I think it's really cool I don't mind that but it's just like I feel like I look crazy I think yesterday me and my husband were going somewhere and I just like took my hair down because I've had it in a pineapple for I don't know how many days now I took it down and I just wore it like this and I said do I look crazy and he just looked at me like "Mm, um oh no and I was like okay that, that means my hair just looks all over the place but it's my natural hair like what do you want me to do I can't I can only do so much and this is very like effortless to just pull it down and go you know yeah and plus I feel like being it sounds like you're similar and I'm this way um a very like low maintenance hair care kind of person Mm. I will do only the bare minimum every single time (laughs) yeah that's just how I how I go about it um I find like just finding new styles that are easy to do that don't take a lot of time and don't take a lot of energy kind of makes me fall in love with it again in different ways mm-hmm. um instead of wanting to change it or but yeah I mean it might just be finding a new way to wear it you know yeah. and I don't think that's wrong either though like just feeling like it's a little bit on you know not not as put together as you would like I think like the natural state of curly hair is kind of just like free mm-hmm. and that can look a bunch of different ways. So yeah, try I, that. I, I'm going to, I feel like every time I try a different hairstyle, cause I don't know how to braid to my scalp. I can do like a not attached braid, but I can't like braid to my scalp. So every time I want to do something like different, that's always what it is. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. So but that brought me to my next like point of I know we both like said <laughs> said we were watching Insecure, and it's on Netflix right now. Um, so if you guys have not watched it, you should because I mean, but not around children because I don't think it's really that appropriate. But the way Molly switches her hair up so often, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to do that, but I don't wear wigs or anything like that. So I'm like, hmm. Maybe I should really like dibble dabble into that whole realm, but it's like so new to me. I don't even know, like, I don't know what a sew-in is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know none of that stuff. So it's like, I want to do this, but how am I going to do this? You know? I literally had, (laughs) I'm laughing because I've been having like a similar struggle. Um, I've really been wanting to get my hair braided for like the longest, like really braided and I haven't my question is the same as yours like I don't even know how to go about doing it I don't know how to find somebody who can I don't know like the pricing I don't know how to you know buy hair for it or whatever you need to do for it um but yeah (laughs) that's usually like when you or at least for me whenever I'm like I want to do something different it's like okay do I cut it or do I dye it what do I do because those are the only things that are you know that that I've been exposed to that I know of you know but I just think it's so funny that you're like you know it's we're having the same challenge which is trying to find 
find out how do I even go about this and who do I even ask? You know? Yeah, I've never had my hair braided like that before. I feel like when I was younger, my grandma would give me like cornrows in the summer and stuff because I'd go swimming so much. But as far as like, you know, having like goddess braids or anything like super pretty, like how girls do their hair now. For one, I'm just already scared because I watch these TikToks of people complaining like why it's so expensive and stuff. And I'm like, ooh, like I don't even like to pay $20 for a t-shirt. How am I going to pay a couple hundred to do my hair? I feel like if anything, the only thing I would feel comfortable with is like actually going to like a curly salon and getting like a legit curly cut and everything like that's something I'm barely coming to grips with like okay I could spend a couple hundred doing my hair like once a year like it's just I I feel like my brain is still like in old time so I can't get a grip on these like new age prices and I'm like "Mm, this stuff is expensive like and I have so much hair it's so thick so I feel like they're already gonna charge me a lot because I have thick curly hair and they're gonna be like girl this is gonna take like eight hours and I just need something quick and easy like I'm not trying to be in your chair for eight hours that's why I feel like a wig is probably like my best bet at this point <sighs> I know you never know I just think um I just think it's hard because even when I have asked certain people like how to go about it or what to do and maybe this is just like an internal thing rather than an external, like what they're trying to put off. I just always feel like dumb for asking questions oh, no, I about things that I feel like other people think I should know mm-hmm. about black hair or mixed hair or curls or whatever. Um, and it makes me not want to ask questions. It makes me not want to like explore. Um, and then there are two people in any kind of profession or, you know, industry where like you ask questions and because you don't know people take advantage of you and then they end up charging you like four or five hundred dollars more for something versus like if I would have just known if I maybe would have grown up with people who are in an environment where like it was just common to get your hair done any kind of way I would have that like knowledge of certain things and I wouldn't be as I guess naive to certain things um but it makes it hard to even want to do anything different because I don't want to be like stupid. <laughs> no, yeah, I get that. I feel like or looked down upon. Yes, know? because then I, I feel like that brings up the topic of like getting your black card revoked. And I, for me personally, I'm like, did I even have one to begin with? Because it doesn't feel like it. It feels very like you gave me half a card and <laughs> I, I don't even have that much to give. I don't have a full card to give you. But I feel, you know, having a black husband, he's very much like, girl, you don't know this. And I'm like, boy, no, like, I'm sorry. And he's very much like, okay, you can't like, no, we just, this is not going to work. And I'm like, well, then teach me because I have no clue. Even though I grew up with my black grandmother, she, I don't know. I feel like she wasn't, she didn't expose me too much to black things, but I also wasn't willing to learn about them I'm I was very much like I'm Hispanic like I'm not even black when I was younger so I feel like I missed out having that mentality as a child and now it's like people are really gonna revoke my fucking card because I can't get it together <laughs> and I don't know anything and that that's so scary to me yeah but you don't know I mean you don't know what you don't know 
Exactly. If people didn't teach you, it's like, what do you do? And, you know, especially like the people that raise us, they're well-meaning and well-intentioned, but like, oftentimes people who raise mixed race or biracial kids like they don't equip them with all the skills and knowledge of both cultures it's just one so like sure we can identify as black and hispanic or you know whatever race is somebody that I, somebody identifies but culturally you can still be something else so like i'm black and hispanic but culturally i'm hispanic because that's what i know you know um and you can't expect somebody who is 100% Hispanic, who only knows, you know, Hispanic or Latin culture to teach somebody how to be, you know, consciously Black or move as a Black person in the world. It's just, how are they supposed to know? You know what I mean? No, of course. I mean, because my grandma was Black. So it's not <laughs> like she doesn't know how to make tortillas or anything. You know what I mean? And even if she were to make enchiladas or something, she's going to put her own ethnic spin on it and make it her own thing. Like it's not authentic Jalisco's enchiladas. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's always different. So I, I do get that in the sense of like, I, she can't teach me how to be Hispanic. That's what like my mom's side of the family is for. And then it's, it's kind of like, I guess I never really thought about it from her perspective of like, I'm just teaching you what I know, but she didn't take the time to try to teach me other things. And I don't feel like my mom did either as a child. Now I feel like my mom's very woke. You know what I mean? Like today's woke. <laughs> so she's very much like for Black Lives Matter. She's very much involved in actual Black activist things like in our community here. And she always, you know, loves to... <sighs> she um, helps out with like the Juneteenth festival we have here. So she was very much like making sure like me and my brother both knew like about Juneteenth and yada, yada. And I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> Thank you for this, you know, history lesson. Love it. Thank you for that. But I feel like my mom also won't go out there and be like, I have black, I have a black daughter. You know what I mean? Like my my grandchildren are biracial or anything like she's not going to say anything she's just going to like do what she needs to do mm -hmm. instead of just like well I'm doing this because my friend is black you know what I mean I feel like people do that often I mean I've done that before myself like my husband's black even though I'm black myself but I just don't feel like it's very much um imposter syndrome <laughs> like I just yeah and then you're getting your card revoked all the time like exactly. I got my black card revoked last weekend like I really did oh my tell me about um, it my uh I was hanging out with my girlfriend and she was talking about she's black fully black and um she was talking about a movie called Baps or Bap I think it was Baps and I, I was like what is that like I've never heard of that before and she's like you've never seen that movie oh my goodness and like it's a whole thing and I got my card revoked that day for like the 15th time because I I just didn't know this movie um but it happens a lot. And, you know, this is like in a joking manner, like she's somebody that I can talk about, talk to about this kind of stuff. And I know she understands, but like in the larger and, you know, greater society, getting like our black card revoked is like just finding another way to 
other me, I feel like, or dismiss me. Like, oh, I'm part of the culture, but not really because I don't know this part and nobody's going to teach me that part. And when I ask about that part, I'm looked down upon. And my parenting, like the people who raised me, they're looked down upon too. So it's like, why am I going to keep, why am I going to keep wanting to learn something if like my child rearing is always criticized? You know, there's always some kind of like negativity to it. So like, you know, I take it just like on the chin. And I think most of us do whenever, you know, we have a moment like, oh, like your butt cards revoked or whatever. But it, to me, it's like another reminder of why I don't fit in, um, why I don't belong. And that really sucks to be reminded of that constantly because it is constant, you know? No, yeah. Oh, tell me about it. Being, <laughs> being in a relationship with somebody who is like fully one raise is, <laughs> is very much a constant reminder of like all the things I don't know. And <laughs> I... For one, going back to your point about the movie, I've never seen that movie either. I've heard of it. Thank you. I had only you. heard of it maybe a couple <laughs> years ago, actually, from watching like Housewives. Um, and so I didn't know what that was either. And that, that happens to me a lot where it's like there's movies I've never even heard of or ever seen. And my, even my mom has seen and she's like, Jade, come on. And I'm like, girl, I don't know what this is. Like, mm. And my husband will just lose his shit like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. And I'm like. I'm sorry. I was watching Disney Channel and all things Disney Channel until I was like 17. So please spare me for not seeing these freaking movies that are just uh, for the culture. Like I just can't. And um, I I don't want like my kids to experience that as well like I feel like I'm trying now to give them like a well-rounded a little bit of everything but I don't know I feel like I've already lost one to to like a whole punk rock era that she's going through and I'm just like okay well I guess I guess girl go well like they like they told us it's temporary yeah it's just a phase yeah 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 my mom was just like your mom though, where it wasn't like, well, I wouldn't say just like, but similar in the way of like, not really acknowledging that she had a biracial and or black child. It was just like a thing. Like she doesn't, she would, she's never introduced me or talk to me to other people as like, oh, my daughter who's black or my black daughter. Or, you know, she's never, she's never really focused on that part at all. Which I mean, that's fine when you're interacting with other people. But for me, like growing up and not really ever acknowledging not having it acknowledged, um, I think that put me in, in a space as an adult where I have trouble or I have had trouble acknowledging it now because I'm just like, oh, I just go about the world. I just move around and I am who I am and I'm free and all this and blah, blah, blah. And also I'm a biracial black person, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like that that other part um, is like a caveat and I struggle to acknowledge it because I've never, you know, 
my mom, bless her heart, as well-intentioned and loving as she was, she never really taught me how to acknowledge it. She never really acknowledged it. So I'm in a place now where, and this is kind of like going off topic a little, I guess, where I'm like, and I realized this in the shower, like yesterday, shower thoughts. <laughs> like, I think um, it's been really difficult for me to allow myself to be seen as a Black person. That's super deep. Oh, man. It's hard. Um, it's almost like, I don't know. It's just hard to be seen as that because I don't acknowledge it maybe in the ways that I should because that's the truth but I think I'm part of my journey right now as like a biracial adult person is learning how to do that in ways that you know are responsible and ways that make sense for me and I don't know it's just hard to not have been given that template as a child I mm -hmm. think because my mom didn't acknowledge it <clears throat> So I don't know. No, I, <laughs> I feel that. No, no, you're fine. I feel that a hundred percent. You know, before we got on this call, I thought like, oh my God, I, I was really feeling the whole imposter syndrome because I mean, I know you and I, we passed back and forth these little like interview things. I don't, I don't, discussions. So me watching those discussions, I started feeling like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> maybe I'm not maybe I shouldn't be like talking about this stuff like maybe mm, no um so I started feeling the same way like oh, like very much imposter syndrome like I shouldn't be talking about this because maybe it's just not for me but I, I also feel like well Jade you are black you know what I mean like and I'm just now starting to really embrace that but am I really embracing it though you know like I've acknowledged it but am I embracing it and I don't think I embrace it enough but I again I don't feel like it's my place to like I don't feel right doing it I still feel then, like what does it mean to embrace it like what would that even look like exactly. and I ask that because I've had that same question <laughs> for no, myself exactly. like am I supposed to you know wear a weave or something like because physically I don't have like attributes of a like a quote-unquote normal black girl like I don't have a big butt I don't have big thighs or anything like I'm not curvy or anything like that so it's like I already feel out of place because I don't have this idea of like how black women are supposed to look and I don't already don't fit that mold so then I'm like mm, I don't have like big lips or anything also so I feel like these are also like my own insecurities of why I feel like I don't or I can't claim this title you know what I mean? but it's crazy because I'm literally that I just present it in a different way I guess you know so I don't know well, I feel you though about like wondering if it's even something that we should be talking about because I I feel that way about um man, this is really personal today. I feel that way about a lot of social justice issues and having, you know, being a biracial person with so much going on race related in the world and in society. 
on the one hand, it's like, yes, I embrace it and I love myself and, you know, I love how I show up in the world in that way. But it's like to a non-Black person, and this is problematic, to a non-Black person when it comes to like social just race-based social justice issues, to a non-Black person, I'm expected to be a spokesperson or like a safe place or a resource. And this has a, has happened to me before where certain like certain things have happened, you know, um, and a non-Black person comes up to me and they're like, hey, like, what do you think about this? Like, how can I support you better? And la, la, la. And in my mind, I'm like, I know this isn't right. <laughs> mm -hmm. This doesn't feel right. Like, one, I'm not the spokesperson for all Black people and I don't want to be that, but it's like, that's how I'm perceived. So another one of these situations that we're put in all the time, it's like, okay, do I just adapt to fit the mold, to fit what they're expecting? But on the other hand, like, from a Black person, I don't think my perspective of what's going on is very important. And maybe that's just me. I don't think, not to say that it's not important, but I don't think that they want to know what I think or want to know what I feel like. And I definitely would not be expected to be a spokesperson. That's not right. Because, you know, so it's like, I don't know how to embrace it <laughs> either. Because it's like, on the one hand, I'm supposed to be like the go-to, I don't want to be the go-to. That's not what, I don't feel like that's right for my place. But on the other hand, if I don't do anything at all, when this person is asking for clarification or help or whatever, then it's like, I also feel like I'm still kind of betraying the Black part of me because I'm not taking the opportunity to educate or whatever, which we're not obligated to do. But it's like, I don't know how to make both and this is, I guess, the eternal struggle. I don't know how to co—I don't know how to coexist with both at the same time in both worlds, a non-black and a black world. And I'm, and yet I'm racially a part of both. Yeah. So I don't know if I were to speak out or speak out about something. Um, I think from the perspective of someone who's black, fully black, I would be or we as like biracial people would be looked down upon as like trying to take over the face of something, which is not right, no. But then it's like, okay, what's the alternative? What does embracing it or being a part of the movement look like? And I don't know, I'm still trying to figure that one out. And I regret to say like, I've, because I'm still trying to figure it out, there are lots of things that I wish I and I wonder if you feel the same there are lots of things that I would like to speak out about or act out about and I just don't know how because I also don't want to be seen as that light-skinned person who thinks they know everything and wants to say all the things and black pride and all that and yet they're not even fully black I don't want to be seen as that and I also don't want to make myself to non-Black people seem like somebody who's like, oh, that's that's the go-to person. Go to her about this or ask her about this because that's not right either. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm wondering if you feel the same because we have had no shortage of race-based social justice issues <laughs> in a few hundred years. So yeah, no, I completely do. I think 
for me, it's like I totally I. I don't know if I would say sympathize, but I understand not wanting a biracial person at the forefront of speaking for Black people, just because I just feel like everybody, everybody's experiences are unique. So like for me, I didn't grow up in a predominantly Black neighborhood. Like there's the street I grew up on. I think me and my grandma and one other family on the street was Black. And then those people passed away because they were old and then it was just me and my grandma and everybody else was hispanic whereas like you go across the freeway and it's nothing but black people and a few hispanics you know so my upbringing wasn't in a black community so how am i supposed to like advocate for something like i didn't i'm not from the quote-unquote trenches you know what i mean like i didn't i'm not there even though i'm in like a low-income neighborhood it's actually pretty decent. There's like low crime rates and everything, you know? So it's like, I wouldn't feel comfortable speaking because I don't know. Now, as far as like educating people, I also don't like doing that because again, my experience is different. So I don't, I can't speak for that. I don't even really listen to like, I guess what you would call like a real rap music that's really speaking to like pain and experiences of like your everyday black person I don't because I don't relate so I'm just like I can't really get into this like let me let me listen to Lizzo or something happy to where it's like okay I guess you know so for me I totally understand that I feel like now I don't put myself in spaces where I am that spokesperson so that doesn't happen to me as often now I feel like maybe younger me like being working jobs where I'm only the black person I feel like that puts me in that space and that's not what I want um however you know I used to work at Forever 21 and it was me and two other black girls one um was a transgender and the other she her family was like not from here so she was literally like from the motherland I guess you could say so but our experiences were completely different but see like also I don't really consider myself a light skin like I feel like I'm kind of dark I'm not gonna lie so <laughs> I don't feel br- as quote-unquote bright as another light-skinned person would be I guess I feel pretty pretty down on scale so I'm like I don't think that I get too many passes for being a light skin or anything like that and I actually asked um I asked my cousin my cousin asked my husband and my kids like do you think I'm a light skin and then everybody's answers were different like my daughter was like no and but my other daughter was like "Mm -hmm, you're light and I was like okay thank you for the validation I guess and my husband's like, yes, you're light skin, like to the fullest. Like even your mannerisms are like a light skin would would be like you don't text back. You're you're this 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 that, and I'm like, oh, okay. oh my goodness, <laughs> very much so. Yes, like I have Drake syndrome over here. So it's like our me and her having different experiences is wild to me because even though I was still like in my curly era and doing all that, she had more of like. Mm, very short hair I don't want to say it was a pixie cut because I feel like it was longer a little bit longer than a pixie cut back then but she's very dark skin and which is there's nothing I think dark skin is so beautiful like 
especially when you like oil it up and everything well it looks really nice so I just think like okay anyways side note so I feel like our experiences were different whereas like she didn't get as much out of the job as I would like where I'd get a benefit like you can go work the register but like she can't like let her restock you know what I mean like she can work the register I don't mind restocking you know I feel like there's that but I, I again after her leaving and me being like the only black person there it's like okay this isn't gonna work for me because I just mm-mm. I'm not gonna be the voice I can't because I don't feel like I haven't had like the traditional black experience while being here however going with like my mom's side of the family who is all Mexican I've not that I feel like I'm the voice there but I do feel like weird so and I didn't feel like this my whole life I just started feeling like this as an adult to where I feel like "Mm, I'm kind of side eyeing you because I feel like you're low-key racist but you're not to me because I'm your family member and I'm like a non-threatening black person whereas like I feel like if a black person on the news for murdering somebody you're gonna be like yeah death penalty or you know what I mean something like Mm -hmm. extreme like that and so I'm I'm very much now looking at my family members like are you racist are you looking at me and my kids weird because I'm black or what and that's such a tough position to be in because like we talked about that last time it's like what Mm -hmm. if both of your identities don't like each other like the culture the cultures of both don't like each other for whatever reason or they have issues with each other then what do you do (laughs) can't ask like your dominant culture to teach you about the other if they don't even you know if they don't get along Mm -hmm. type of thing yeah yeah so I feel like I feel like I'm still learning and but I prefer to learn sooner than later like I would hate to be in my 40s still trying to figure this shit out like and I know there's not Again, there's no like rule book to it or there's nothing I can really do to speed up the process or learn everything there is to being, you know, biracial in America. But I would like a few more of the answers now so I can save myself some time and heartbreak and all the extra BS that comes with it later on down the road where I'm still trying to figure out like, well, who am I? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be doing that. I want to figure out who the fuck I am so I can live my life and really milk life for all it's worth before I die. (laughs) If that makes sense. Yeah. And I I think of it from like a parenting perspective, I guess. And we kind of talked about this last time where like, I, it's common, unfortunately has to be common for black or for the parents of black children to have conversations with them about potential dangers out there in the world just because of the way things are which really sucks and like you know we are privileged in that we don't necessarily have to have that conversation um or we didn't our parents didn't have to have that conversation with us because we walk through the world just a little bit differently but at the same time, not having a conversation about our race like leaves us less equipped to get through the rest of life as, you know, being able to embrace or acknowledge our full selves, mm-hmm. you know? So I think about it like from a parenting perspective, like one day I'm gonna have kids and they're they're gonna be mixed race. Like it's just because I am, they are gonna be by default, right? And like I wanna be able to be <clears throat> in a position where I can have a conversation with them about how they they identify or 
like let them know what life is like or things to watch out for or just like be a safe space for them be able to actually acknowledge it so they're not like me an adult and still like struggling to acknowledge certain things you know um I think about it from that perspective and I don't know. I just, I do have a lot of empathy for like our parents, which is always really sad for me because like other people of other races wouldn't have as much empathy toward them. But like, that's someone I love, you know, mm-hmm. someone who cared for me. But See, I don't think yeah. my mom's talked to me much about like her experience raising a biracial kid. Like I know about her experience as a single mom, but not the only thing I know is like she just had a struggle doing my hair you know what I mean like she had to that was like a learning curve like learning how to do my hair but my mom also doesn't even like brush her own hair so (laughs) she's just like "Eh." (laughs) she's very low maintenance herself so to her it's like whereas like if my mostly Hispanic daughter goes stay with her my mom could just brush her hair up into a ponytail and call it a day whereas when I was little it's like no you have to like braid it up or put it in the little puffs or you know what I mean like part it and do all the things so it's like I don't know too much about that aspect of like what it was like for her. I'm sure it was different because I am 27 so I was born in 95 so I'm thinking about like the time that it was around then and I don't know I feel like a lot of people were really dipping their toes into the you know like the biracial world (laughs) like I feel like a lot of Hispanics were really like "Mm, black men are so yummy like yes let's let's I want I want pretty mixed babies Mm, exactly whatever hair and whatever skin exactly but nobody ever talked about or even thought about what happens after the baby is here and then it's like oh okay, well, it's fine. We'll just, we'll raise her in our heritage, our culture. And it doesn't help that a lot of the, I'm not going to say all black fathers, but like fathers in general kind of just take a step back. Like, okay, well, whatever, like do what you do. Keep the baby, you're a woman. You know what I mean? Like, and they don't really take the time to embrace them. Cause I know for me, my dad wasn't trying to be around. Like my grandma was more of like, no, let give me the baby. I'll, I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like I'll do it. I'll take care of her hair. I'll do all the things that she needs to grow up in the black society. And I almost like, okay, good. Like, you know, so I just, I don't, I don't even know like who to like work these things through. And I, I think about like the point you, you gave me about like having a black therapist. Cause right. I go to therapy now. My therapist is white. I think she's white or she's Hispanic, but I'm just like, I can't even I don't even know what to say to her like (laughs) that I feel like would be she could help me with you know what I mean but I feel like the number of black therapists here in in my city is so little to none there's only one that I know of and I actually wanted to make an appointment and go with her but she didn't take insurance and it was going to be out-of-pocket pay and I was like girl I cannot pay two hundred dollars every couple of weeks to see like <laughs> that's too much but I would love to see to see her you know I would love to see a black therapist and then I thought like well Jade what are you expecting to get out of seeing a black therapist like she can only 
what if she's judgy what if she feels like girl you're not even black why are we bringing up these problems to me or why are we talking about this or why is it a race thing you know so it's still like you're thinking about how somebody who is fully black even somebody who's supposed to be your healthcare provider which is what a therapist is like you're still thinking oh are they (laughs) right what are they going to think about me are they going to judge me I can't really even bring these issues with identity here you know and that's supposed to be yeah like what if I'm pouring my heart out to her talking about like wanting to be black and stuff and she like leaves and is like telling her friends like this fucking mixed girl trying to be black in my damn chair like (laughs) I would be so sad like ma'am I don't want to be judged I just want some help into navigating but I do think input from like the race you're not fully versed in is really beneficial I feel like it it's really helpful especially (laughs) I don't want to say getting validation but getting validation from them is really nice and it 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 does kind of lessen the whole not feeling like you belong the imposter syndrome you know like even with my husband I don't know what his grandma wanted me to go grocery shopping for her the other day and she asked me to get something and dually sausage and so she was like can you bring me this and usually I'm like what is that I don't know girl I don't know what that is I make chicken <laughs> I don't do all that but I was like yeah do you want the andouille sausage that's cut up or do you want it in the full link and she the way she looked at me like how the fuck did you know that and my husband was like yeah she's been cooking she's been really cooking like you've been teaching her to cook like she's been making these black dishes and she was like okay Jade yeah like all right I see you and I was like that's a thank you <laughs> Like, yes, ma'am, I'm using all the seasonings, all the Creole things, like, give them to me. I got this. Like, I've been doing the damn thing. So, but That's I, lovely. It, no, <laughs> it really is, though, because I don't feel like mixed girls or mixed people in general get a lot of props from either side. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of being, like, pulled or it's actually, like, push and pull because, like, one side's like, we'll take you and the other side's like, nah, we don't really fuck with you. So it's like, what are what are we to do? At this point, I just want to let's just i'm just want to take all the mixed people and put them in one fucking community so we can fucking swap stories and not feel so judged because like jesus Christ. See, no yeah like the i'm really glad we're doing this because like i watched those videos too that we were talking about and the videos were from um i think the channel was called the stranger fruit and they were talking about being black versus being being biracial or whatever and they were talking about how <clears throat> like the conversation about colorism or being biracial like they're two different conversations and it's just about finding the rights not the right space but using the space for what it's for and Mm -hmm. I think like you know this space that you have created with this podcast and like these specific um like episodes like we're talking about the biracial experience and this is it like we're both being pretty candid about it it's not a debate which it kind of turned into in those other videos which was fine but like this is not a debate this is just us sharing our experiences and I don't know of many other places like I feel really lucky that you asked me to be here because I don't I don't think I've had another space to like really be candid and explore some of these ideas or topics you know, and that's what this is supposed to be, Mm -hmm. is like, you know, so I don't know, I really appreciate, I know you said earlier um, that you weren't sure if you should be talking about this, but this is what this space is for, 
and like we're using it for what it's for. So I feel really grateful to you. Um, so I'll throw that in. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. But I also wanted to say, like the being worried about your healthcare professionals or your therapists judging you thing. Oh man. And I, I work in the mental health sphere and I'm still not like immune to this, the, these same fears. You know, I've done a lot of work on myself in therapy in different phases and seasons of my life. I've had a lot of different therapists. Some were awesome. Some were terrible. And when I look back and I take like inventory of some of my different experiences, the ones that have been the most helpful to me, interestingly enough, and I hate, I hate this fact about my life thus far, the, the therapeutic experiences that have been the most helpful to me thus far have been ones where my therapist was a white male. And I hate that because I'm clearly not white, very female, definitely more liberal for sure. And I'm pretty sure I'm, I just, you know how people like think about what their therapist lives are. I'm pretty sure my <laughs> therapists, they were like Republicans. So totally, totally opposite to me. And they ended up being the most helpful therapists that I had, that I had. And I think about my experiences with women who were my therapists or women of color who were my therapists. And I was always so like, and this was like years ago when I had um, a female therapist, um, something about it, like just the working relationship just really, really bothered me. And I couldn't figure out what it, what it was for the longest until like several therapists in <clears throat> But I noticed after a while, like, it's the, I guess, feeling that they're trying to relate too much to me, mm -hmm. like, oh, our skin tone is similar, or our hair is similar, or whatever else is similar. Like, I didn't like that, like, being related to thing. Mm. And so I think, like, subconsciously, after a while, I started seeking out, like, the most opposite person to me because if I could see that person they're probably not going to be able to see me mm -hmm. which I wasn't ready to be seen I think and now I'm in a place where starting up with a new therapist again <laughs> just, putting, just putting that up there we're going back um starting up with a new therapist and I need, I need her to be black because I'm, I need to be able to see myself really. And like, talk about my identity as many times as I've gone to therapy. I've never talked about my identity as a person. It's always just been like different issues I was going through, mm -hmm. but I think I'm finally in a place at 27. Oh my gosh. Where like, I'm ready and willing and wanting to see myself or be seen as a biracial black woman and I want that to be really healing for me so I am going to have a black female therapist and that's really 
fucking scary. <laughs> because just like you were saying earlier, it's like, oh, what if I get in there and I talk about myself and she's like, who is this light-skinned girl? Or well, who does she think she is? Or why does she, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely really worried about that, but I'm there for me. Hopefully she's there for me also. <laughs> and she's able to be present with me. But I think we have to, like, because we weren't given those spaces or that kind of acknowledgement from our dominant culture, like now that we're adults, we do have control over what we're exposed to or how we're exposed to it or what we learn, what we change, whatever, how we're involved, how we embrace ourselves. Now I feel like as an adult, it's our responsibility to make sure that we get all the things that we didn't get, Mm -hmm. get that healing. We get um, education. We expose ourselves to different parts of, you know, our cultural communities and doing therapy is part of this for me (laughs) but in order to get here i feel like all this was super super personal for me um came with a lot of really hard tough sometimes even shameful realizations about my experience walking through the world yeah well, I just want to commend you on getting a black therapist. That's, that is, I wasn't, I wasn't going to like start clapping, but I was like, girl, why are you going to clap? <laughs> She's talking. You can't <laughs> clap right now. But that is so cool. I, I, I am so happy for you that you even have that space to even obtain that. I think that's really great. I, why, I wish I could. I just, and then there's nothing like for me, like if somebody were to be like, oh, we have one right now, I, I would jump ship. And honestly, when I had my first therapy appointment with my therapist now, I was, she was like, have you ever been to therapy before? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh yeah. And I was like, oh shit, this is my seventh time going to a different person. And it's not always like, I feel like sometimes it's because I usually only see women. I prefer women or it's like, I'm just not getting what I need to get out of this. Like, you're not the type of therapist I'm needing. So I feel like she, and she told me like, I really hope you stick. Like, I don't want you like, please don't leave, stay here. And I'm like, then don't piss me off. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Not because I mean, they can piss me off, whatever. But I like at this point, I'm like ready to be challenged more on my thought process. I'm ready to, you know, I need somebody to play devil's advocate besides my husband, because with him it, it just is not working it's too much like okay quit fucking reading me so damn hard I'll go to a therapist <laughs> and they can take my insurance and get paid that way and they can read me all they fucking want because I'm paying them so it's like ugh, I don't I don't know i before we go I wanted to kind of pick your brain about like what do you think when people say they don't see color no hard no. on that don't no because it's like I understand the intention is to not discriminate Mm -hmm. which discrimination is not good right I get it but it's actually erasure because if you're choosing not to acknowledge hello this is what we've been talking about the whole time if you're choosing not to acknowledge what makes somebody different or unique or um you know, like you're, you're missing out on a lot of that person. If I didn't, if I didn't acknowledge the fact that you are biracial, then I'm missing out on the fact that, okay, how Jade presents is influenced by possibly different cultures 
or you know it, you're just missing a lot um and if you don't if you choose to be colorblind you're intentionally choosing to miss out on this person you're intentionally choosing to not see them for all that they are and it shouldn't be that way if you're really wanting inclusion um genuine diversity you know happy coexistence between races or between whatever you're talking about um you would be able to see all of those things that make different races or people unique and be able to coexist with it happily not tolerate it because mm -hmm. tolerating is different from actual acceptance but to coexist happily um, and engage with and embrace it you know <clears throat> so that's what I think about choosing choosing to not see color it's you're intentionally erasing parts of a person you know it's not good <laughs> yeah okay I thought I was the only one you know it wasn't until I watched that movie the hate you give <laughs> that like I guess it clicked because me and my husband had like a whole discussion about it because I don't know if you've ever seen that movie but is that one I should know am I getting my card revoked right now oh no because I want <laughs> a new movie so that doesn't even count like oh, no. gotcha. but you I know heard of it, though. yeah because it was kind of popular and I don't even know where I watched it at but the the girl and the main character she's black and her boyfriend is white or something Hispanic or something but he had told her like I don't even see color and she was like how can you not see color and so me and my husband had a whole debate because I was like what's the issue like he's saying he sees her and she was like no you don't see me like you're not seeing me you're telling me you don't see color but you're not seeing me and I was like I, girl I'm so confused what is going on so me and my husband had this whole debate about it and it wasn't until he like explained it that I was like oh okay I understand a little bit better but I feel like a lot of people aren't educated on that and again like you said it's not our job to educate people but I also feel like how do you know to educate yourself on something if you don't know to educate yourself on something you know like that's actually something I'm struggling with right now like how do I know what I don't know I don't know you know like other people you know it sucks other people point it out like I feel our I mean most of race is is judged in comparison to mm -hmm. right in comparison to something black is compared to white whites compared to black being biracial is no different <laughs> and we get a whole lot of judgment so it's like you don't know what you don't know until somebody points it out to you right yeah and then i feel like at that point that's when you make the conscious choice to like acknowledge that and move forward accordingly because for someone to bring into your attention and then you just kind of dismiss that and not do anything with it I feel like now that's your that's like a you problem you know like not a all of us but yeah I I honestly you know we got on squad thought like I should have invited another person like an I was gonna say an actual black person but like a dark-skinned <laughs> person like who is fully black to kind of <laughs> talk through but you know I don't ever see too many black people have those conversations if that makes sense I was thinking that too like it would be cool to have um another perspective on here um but I was actually thinking the opposite like I don't see I see black people talking about it a lot I think I don't see Hispanic 
or Mexican people talking about it a lot. And I just, maybe that's just my own family stuff coming through because they've never really acknowledged me being biracial either. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've never really seen non, non-Black people talking about being biracial and Black, if that makes any sense. But yeah, I've, I've thought about that too. Yeah, I think I me too. I feel like that's why people, that's why when people do have these discussions, they have so many damn people in the room because it's like they're trying to, you know, get everybody's input. And I'm like, this is why they have so many because mm-hmm. I always think like that's too many people. You just need like one to two. You can do 30 people in a room, but I feel like now it's all sinking in. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Bianca, for coming on and talking to me again. I, I love these conversations and I'm hoping that these are forever. Um, immortalized or what's the word like they'll always be around that way one day if I'm no longer here you know like my children and your future babies will always have these to kind of like look back on and listen to and hopefully it helps it helps somebody I try to keep it pretty g even though I cuss naturally I can't help that but I'm hoping that people play these around their kids and especially their biracial babies who feel like they're alone because they're really not I, at this point, I might as well just make a nonprofit for biracial babies because I just, <laughs> I just feel like I'm. Well, I'll speak for a biracial person. I just can't speak for one of the other race by themselves. But thank you so much. It's always a pleasure having you on and talking with you and picking your brain. And thank you for being so open and vulnerable with me because I don't think a lot of people have the self awareness to be vulnerable in a healthy way. And I really appreciate you showing up for me like that. Yeah, thank you again for even thinking of me, thinking to have me on here. Um, And I just think it's good because if you're thinking about, you know, adding more people into the the discussion, getting more perspectives, I feel like that's growth. I feel like that's how we should all be thinking about race. And I'm you know, that's a new concept for me, but it'd be different if you were like, mm, this is my experience. This is all that I care about, whatever. I'm not gonna, I don't need to change anything, but no, like you, you're wanting to get more perspectives and more input. And, you know, I think that's good. I think that's a sign of growth and I'm, I'm on a similar path. So it's really cool that like, we can connect this way and talk, speak candidly about it. So again, like, like I said earlier, I I really am grateful for you, like creating this space for us. And I think it'd be cool for you to share this space for other people too. Oh, thank you. I will totally keep that in mind. And I'm hoping, well, hopefully my next guest will want to talk about it too, because I'm going to pick their brain. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much. And I appreciate, I appreciate all your input. Um, To everybody else, please don't forget to like, subscribe, follow my Instagram at womantillmanpod underscore and I will see you guys again next week. Have a great week. Bye.